America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast, which is not sponsored by Pfizer. On this podcast, we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. But each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar. I'm going to be your host in this roundup of the past few weeks of fake news. And you can trust me because I didn't get any of that Pfizer money, okay? I'm as poor as can be when it comes to being a news broadcaster, doing this basically with nothing but the shirt on my back and a Yeti studio microphone. But uh, you can trust that I'm going to tell you the truth when it comes to a lot of those things. I'm not going to be talking about Pfizer today. I just found that clip a little bit enlightening. Um, You know, maybe you can reflect on that this week. You can be thinking on that issue of uh, why Pfizer was pouring so much money into our news industry. But... We're not even going to get into that today. I want you to think about something else on this episode, something you always need to remember when you're watching the news, especially on these presidential politics and Senate races and stuff like that. You got to remember that the media, everything that they do is to promote liberal policies, okay? Liberal politicians, liberal values. That is their goal. When it comes to right wingers, they will smear them, they will scorn them. They want to just destroy all the conservative versions of those things. So everything the media does is to promote Democrat or liberal causes and to hurt conservative ones. Everything they're doing right now in 2023, they're just trying to pave the way for a Democrat to win the presidency next year in 2024. Everything that they can do to make Democrats control Congress after next year, 2024. That's their end game right now. That's their focus in 2023. They don't care what lies they need to tell to get to that end goal, but that is the direction. That is where they are going. That's what they're trying to get. Okay, so that's what they're trying to accomplish in 2020. When it looked doubtful that Biden was going to win the nomination for his party to run for president, the media was perfectly happy to smear him as a racist. When Kamala Harris called him a racist on the debate stage, that was the story right after that, that Joe Biden was this cranky old racist. Or they'd say he was too old to become president. They'd say, look at him. You know, he's just not as spry as all these other people on the stage. He shouldn't be the president. He was really an afterthought. They would do these debates and nobody was even talking about Joe Biden. But then once it became clear that he was going to have to be the nominee, he was going to be the one to try to, first it was to stop Bernie, then it was to stop Trump. Well, suddenly all these stories about his age, they faded away. They became conspiracy theories by right-wingers. Biden became the man who would heal our racial divisions, not cause them. 
You see, it was always all about a narrative, whatever is the most politically convenient narrative, not necessarily for Biden, but for the Democrat Party and to advance progressive causes. That is their end game. That's their goal every time. And so in 2024, right now, which is next year, Biden is is set because he's the incumbent president. He's set to be their nominee again. That's what happens when you're the incumbent. But if there ever were to be a time for him to get out of the way, to get out of the race, it would be right now. Okay, this would actually be the best moment is right now, like this summer, this summertime for him to get out of the way and let somebody else run. This would be the moment for that. I don't think he's going to do that, but this would be the time. If he waits till this fall, that's just making it harder for the other Republic or the other Democrats to jump on board and start start up their own presidential campaigns. It would have to be now. And so that's why right now you're seeing a bunch of headlines from all these different liberal news organizations talking about his age, talking about his competency. You know, if you're not paying attention, this is something they've really been talking about lately from The Atlantic. This is one of the most far left news sources in the entire country. And their headline right now is step aside, Joe Biden. Subhead, the president has no business running for office at age 80. So right here, the Atlantic is telling its readers, it's time for Biden to go. We need somebody younger to come in. We need some new blood. Uh, Here's one from The Hill. Again, this is a pretty far left news source. Here's a headline from them that I was shocked to see. It says, we need to have a serious conversation about Joe Biden's brain. (laughs) The exact kind of thing that I talk about every week, week after week, right here on this podcast. They're talking about it now, even on the left wing news sources. Okay. You didn't see this headline during the 2020 campaign, except from Republicans. All right. You're not going to see it next year, except from Republicans. The Democrats are only going to talk about Joe Biden's brain, this serious conversation they want to have. They only want to have it right now. If you don't have it right now, they don't want to talk about it next this fall. They don't want to talk about it this winter. They'll talk about it right now during this brief window of time that they have to replace him. And so we'll, we'll come back to this. Actually, we're going to come back to this headline in a few moments. But another one here from The Hill. The evidence mounts that Democrats are souring on Biden. So it's just another anti-Biden headline. You don't see these kind of headlines in 2021 or 2022, but we're seeing them now. Here's another one from the New York Times. This is an opinion piece. It's from uh, Maureen Dowd. And so Maureen Dowd is usually a pretty, uh, you, you know, like anybody at the New York Times, very sympathetic to liberal causes, to Democrat causes. And yet she runs this opinion piece attacking the president, saying, here's the headline, it's seven grandkids, Mr. President. Yeah, it's seven grandkids. If you haven't been following, Biden is not acknowledging one of his seven grandchildren because the grandchild comes from Hunter Biden having an affair with uh, some woman. I've heard she was a pole dancer or a stripper or something. I don't know. I don't know how accurate that is, but uh, I mean, it He's into a lot of messed up stuff, so it wouldn't surprise me. But basically, he doesn't want anything to do with this kid that he created. So he's just trying to kind of sweep things under the rug, pay off the mom, say, you guys can't use the Biden uh, last name. And so the Biden family is pretending that this seventh grandchild does not exist. New York Times is even going after him for that. So this is something that, hey, Republicans like me, I've been talking about that on this podcast for a long time, just to point out what a terrible person he is. I don't personally, I don't think it should be one of the top 100 things that matters when it comes to choosing who your president is going to be. I don't think it's actually that relevant. 
But this does speak to the character of the man who holds the highest office in the land. And it's one of the reasons, sure, one of the reasons you could say he shouldn't be there. Well, even the New York Times is jumping on board with that argument. Why? But right now, okay, this has been an issue for years. They didn't talk about it in 21 or 22. They want to talk about it now because this is the time where if we were going to get him out of the race, it needs to be right now. Axios, they ran this story this past week. The headline is Old Yeller, (laughs) Biden's Private Fury. It starts in public. President Biden likes to whisper to make a point. In private, he's prone to yelling. And so it's just an article about how Joe Biden's a cranky old man. And so you read it. I mean, it really makes him look like a terrible person. Why are they talking about this now? This is apparently they use they talk about things that have been going on for years. Why are they talking about stuff that happened with his last press secretary? If you read it, why are they not talking about it until now? Because this is the time to push him out. I don't think they're going to get their way, but they're trying because they know he's a he's a pretty weak candidate. Um, and let's dig into this a little bit further. I usually save these segments for the end, but let's do a a beyond the headline on the previous article. Again, that headline was we need to have a serious conversation about Joe Biden's brain. Let's go beyond the headline. So it starts here with a quote from Biden. It says, Russian President Vladimir Putin is clearly losing the war in Iraq. Biden told the press pool, losing the war at home, and he's become a bit of a pariah around the world. Now, the problem in that quote is that the Iraq war was 20 years ago, and President Vladimir Putin is fighting a war in Ukraine. It's a war between Ukraine and Russia. And so Biden just confused things and that, you know, hey, listen, we all have brain farts. I have brain farts all the time. Okay, I'm not expecting perfection, even out of a president. But this Iraq, Ukraine confusion thing, it's the kind of thing that elderly people do is, you know, they'll be talking and they'll accidentally mention a name that was somebody from decades ago or talk about something from way out. You know, it's like when Nancy Pelosi would be trying to complain about Trump and she would criticize Bush. You know, old people do stuff like that. And I wouldn't necessarily hold that against him, except this is a mistake that Biden makes a lot. He makes this mistake all the time. Uh, he, 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 he confuses Iraq and Ukraine. He can't seem to get that straight. On Tuesday, during an unrelated fundraising event in Chevy Chase, Maryland, Biden made the exact same slip up, mistaking Ukraine for Iraq. If anybody told you that we'd be able to bring all of Europe together in the onslaught on Iraq and get NATO to be completely united, the president said, I think they would have told you that it's not likely. By the way, that's not the only time it happened at the State of the Union. I think we played that clip. Maybe not. But one of the State of the Unions, uh, I guess a couple, uh, was it this year or last year? I can't remember now. But one of his State of the Unions, he did the same thing. So he keeps making this mistake. That's a little bit worrisome. And I don't know why the article starts with that. There's much worse ones we're going to get into in a moment. But here's how the article continues. Although many journalists did a fine job this week highlighting the president's apparent confusion regarding Russia's invasion of Ukraine, one can't help but feel as if the news industry as a whole is avoiding the obvious follow-up question, namely, is Biden okay? (laughs) So the person writing this this column, uh, his name's at the end, I can't remember it right now, but his name's at the end. The person writing this column is saying, yeah, why isn't the news industry talking about the fact that our president is a senile old guy? And um, this has been an issue that's been going on for years. Again, 
They are only talking about it now because it's politically convenient to ask this question. They won't be talking about this if Biden remains in office through next year. They won't be talking about his brain then. All right. But they're talking about it now because it's all about what helps progressive causes. And they think maybe right now is the time to push Biden out and get another guy in to run for president because that's what would be most convenient to the Democrat Party at the moment. He served his purpose by getting them to overthrow Trump, but they feel like they need someone else now to, to perhaps even to win this next election. You know, so we'll talk about that more later on. And I'll also mention when Bloomberg News reported on Biden's slip ups right there talking about, you know, mixing up Ukraine and Iraq and all that. When Bloomberg reported on it, they fixed Biden's mistake because they didn't want you to they didn't want you to know that he got this, the countries confused. So they fixed it. But the, that, that was just them being fake news. OK, let's continue. It's not an unfair question either. Considering the Iraq-Ukraine gaps were not an isolated series of incidents, they're simply the latest in a string of bizarre, confused, and mostly unintelligible statements from Biden, and the much longer string of bizarre, confused, and mostly unintelligible statements that have come to define the Biden presidency. Here's another quote. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean, the president said this month during an address before the League of Conservation Voters. There is no such plan, of course, to build a railroad from the Pacific coast to the Indian Ocean. According to his White House handlers, the president was referring to a plan that would connect railroads across the African continent, linking ports on the Atlantic Ocean to ports on the Indian Ocean. Atlantic, Pacific, tomato, tomato. On June 19th, the president promised to conserve 30% of U.S. lands and water by the year 2020. He said, I've committed to by 2020... We will have conserved 30% of all the lands and waters in the U.S. and reduce emissions and, and blunt climate impact. So he's, he's talking about the 2020, which has already been in the past. <laughs> Following a June 16th speaking engagement at the University of Hartford, Biden promoted gun control efforts and signed off by saying, God save the queen, man. We, we actually played a clip for it. Let's play it again. I played it last time. Let's, let's hear it again. All right. God save the queen, man. This opinion piece in The Hill continues. The press pool, which observed and reported on the president's address in real time, was left befuddled by his remarks, not least of all because Queen Elizabeth II is still dead and her son is still king. Several of you have asked me this morning why he might have said that, the Dallas Morning News' Todd Gilman said in his pool report. I have no idea. Other pullers likewise have no idea. The White House, for its part, claimed the president was merely sharing a joke with a member of the audience, a detail that apparently went unobserved by the entire White House press pool. Well, that's because that's the White House spin. The truth is everyone's confused by his statement because it to say God save the queen is just a weird, it's a weird random, as this article said, bizarre thing to say. It mentions this. There's also the fact that Biden keeps claiming his late son, Beau, died in Iraq. Bo did not die in Iraq. Bo died in Bethesda, Maryland, six years after returning from a tour of duty in Iraq. Okay, so there it is again. <laughs> there it is again. Um, I mentioned this. For some reason, the president talks about how Bo died in Iraq when that is just not true. He died six months after he had left Iraq, as it just said. Uh, it's just a flat out lie. And the, it's really troubling. Is he intentionally lying? Or does he really not remember that his son didn't die in Iraq? You know, that is something that that's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question. 
in July that same year, oh, sorry, talking about 2020. So it mentions that we're in the 2022 State of the Union that Biden again confused Ukraine. And then it says in July of that same year during his visit to Israel, the president said, we must we must do every day, every day, continue to bear witness to keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust. <laughs> so, he, and then later he said he actually, he meant to say horror of the Holocaust. But hey, that's again, that's an understandable mistake. The problem is that these state mistakes have really stacked up when it comes to President Biden. Continuing on earlier during an event near the White House, Biden inquired about the whereabouts of the late representative Jackie Walorski, whose death the president himself had commemorated in a public statement just weeks prior. The White House flag had even been flown at half staff for two days following the congresswoman's death. Yeah, during this speech, she kept calling out, where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? Jackie had died two months before. And they tried to pass it off at the time as a as if that he was making a weird joke. No, his mind is gone, guys. Um, the article goes on and on. It gives more examples. I'm going to skip through because, you know, we cover a lot of them here on this podcast. But that what I appreciate about this column, at least in The Hill, again, I'm surprised The Hill would even say stuff like this. But it actually mentions the fact that when Trump was president, the, the press was constantly willing to ask the question if, if he had lost his mind. Is Donald Trump insane? It, you know, it, 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 that's what it says here. Every th- This was constantly asked by the news media during the years that Trump was president. It said psychiatrists became cable news famous overnight simply for their willingness to leverage their credentials against Trump. Earlier, when then-Senator John McCain ran for president in 2008, a popular newsroom theme at the time was, is he too old? Then there was former President George W. Bush, whose lifelong battle with the English language became so much fodder for media speculation and late-night jocularity. And lastly, of course, there's former President Ronald Reagan, whose administration was dogged by the press's persistent questions regarding whether his brain had finally turned to mashed potatoes. Well, what do those three guys have in common? John McCain, George Bush, Ronald Reagan. What do they all have in common? They are Republicans. And so it's totally fine for the press to constantly ask whether they're all right in the head. And and a, and a Donald Trump, too, to throw him in the mix, okay? Yeah, all those guys, the media constantly attacked their mental ability to complete their tasks. <laughs> but then a Democrat comes along, John Fetterman comes along, a guy who's a- almost practically brain dead, who can barely speak. Okay, let, let's actually, let's talk about Fetterman for a minute. So, Because I, I don't think I've commented on this, but a few weeks ago, he was at a Senate hearing so he's out of the mental hospital now um and you know he had a so he had a stroke last year and the media just didn't want to talk about this they didn't want to talk about the have the conversation <laughs> as they say it they didn't want to have a national conversation about whether fetterman was competent to serve in the senate and even after he got elected and got through that election they didn't want to have the conversation then either he's in the mental institution for a while his wife goes off to niagara falls with the kids or something and leaves him to recover for weeks or months in the in the mental institution. And the media is not talking about whether he's able to complete the duties of being a senator. Then they he comes back to work, and that's going wonderful, as you're going to hear in a moment. They asked him if he wants to comment on the I-95 bridge collapse that happened in Pennsylvania, which is in his state of Philadelphia. And here's how he responded. Earlier today, some, uh, com- some comments about uh, the uh, tragic uh, accident in on uh, 995, and if you want to make any comments with respect to that, feel, 
Feel free, you're recognized. Uh, no, I, I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know, um, you know, obviously that, you know, you're pretty much preoccupied with, with 95, and I, know, I certainly am too, and we know it's a major uh, eatery, not just for, for Pennsylvania, but for the East, the East Coast. And a lot of Pennsylvanians are worried that the delays and repairs bring to its standstill deal. So why aren't we seeing news articles about whether John Fetterman is able, if he has the mental capacity, to do his job? Well, because if they pushed him out of office right now, then they would have to have a special election in Pennsylvania. And I believe he has to get through at least through August. If he can get through August, then whenever he steps down, they're going to be able to have the uh, the the governor then can just appoint somebody to replace Fetterman. It can be another Democrat and they don't have to go through the whole election process again. So they'll just let the governor appoint someone. So after August, if I'm correct about that, look for them to start talking in August about whether Fetterman, whether it's time for him to step down, whether his wife needs to have him resign and let the governor appoint someone else. You know, let's just wait and... <laughs> Just wait. It's probably just a few months away before you start seeing headlines about that, too. But they're not going to talk about it now. They're going to ignore 95, 95, 95. They're going to ignore all that. And they because that's not the conversation they want to have right now. It's not politically convenient for them. Everything the media does is just to, to hurt Republicans and benefit Democrats. OK, and right now they're they're considering that it might help Democrats to throw Joe Biden under the bus. That's what we're doing. So back to the, the article here in The Hill. We're about done with it. Fast forward to 2023, and we see the current president confuse basic world events, praise rail projects that don't exist, mourn war casualties that aren't real, wander around stages and TV sets as if he has lost, and struggle to make it through speaking engagements without getting flustered and exhausted. Yet the press's normal reflex to ask whether the president is up to the demands of the office, we and the media have responded, to Biden's bizarre presidency with little more than a bored shrug. <laughs> it's not a bored shrug. Okay, they're looking the other way. They're like looking up at the clouds, looking up at the suns, listening to the, the birds sing outside. They're intentionally ignoring Biden. The point here isn't to highlight the press's treatment of past presidents and presidential hopefuls to shout hypocrisy. I, I think that's a great thing to do. <laughs> let's, let's have some more articles talking about their hypocrisy. Okay, I guess that's what my podcast is for. Because the Hill won't even do that. Rather, it's to state that the public deserves to know whether Biden is capable of performing the bare minimum required of his office. If anything falls under the heading of public interest, this is surely it. And yet the broader press, the industry tasked with asking and exploring this question, has staked out a position of casual indifference. <laughs> so that is a piece from Beckett Adams. It says he's a writer in Washington and program director for the National Journalism Center asking why journalists are not doing the job of journalism. Well, as I've explained, it's because Biden's a Democrat and they're not going to throw him under the bus unless it's for a reason that would actually help Democrats. And so here's what, here's the thing. I read this whole piece. It never answers the question of Biden's biggest problem when it comes to dropping out. Okay. And that's what this, that to me that, well, that's what makes this whole article that I just read you. It's a big waste of time because Biden has a big issue if he were to drop out due to his age, due to his dementia. He has a big issue, a big 
hurdle that he would need to be able to jump over to make that work. And here's here's the big here's the tricky part. Okay, if Biden dropped out, what would his excuse be for that? You know, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm too old now, so I'm not going to run again. Well, then the question becomes, if he's too old next year, why isn't he too old this year? You know, that would be the obvious question is what 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 that'd be what the obvious question would be that people could hound him with for the rest of his presidency. Then if you're too old, why don't you just step down now? Why not drop out today and just let Kamala take over? Well, I think culture is it, it is a reflection of our moment and our time. Right. And 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 present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because, you know, it comes in the morning. <laughs> we, have, we have to find ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can't do that either. They can't do they can't let that take over. So, yeah, they're really in a bit of a pickle. Um, They can't let that clown become the figurehead of their party and run for president next year against whoever the Republicans put up. You know, she's she would just fall flat on her face. So they don't have a great option in their back pocket. This is, you know, it's great. The Supreme Court struck down affirmative action a few weeks ago. Too bad they couldn't do that a few years ago. And maybe Biden wouldn't have picked her (laughs) to be his running mate because he promises to pick a black woman to run for president, to run, to be his vice president. He promises to pick a black woman. And then, you know, then he has to pick her. That's what he's stuck with now. Not that, you know, it's obvious she's a clown. She can't even speak in public. She's like the most unpopular vice president in, in any uh, recent history. Um, I know people didn't like Dick Cheney either. He shot a guy in the face, but even his approval ratings we're higher than Kamala Harris's. So it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. It cracks me up. Um, Biden can't just drop out and let her take over because that would also sink them for next year. He can't have the excuse that he's too old because then that just makes it about, well, he's too old now. So now we can talk about that. Um, so he's stuck. They're all stuck. They're in a catch 22 and they're stuck with him. And so I, I find it hilarious more than anything. I mean, yeah, the country's burning, but regardless of who is president, if it was a Democrat president, doesn't matter really if they're brain dead or not. If a Democrat is president, the country's going down the toilet. So, I mean, I, as if they're going to be, if we're going to be stuck with a Democrat for a president, might as well be this guy. <laughs> might as well, might as well be one of them, you know, someone making the party as a whole less popular. Um, I guess that's the best case scenario in that situation, but they are the ones in a bit of a pickle. And hey, we warned him about this pickle four years ago. Okay. We we told you guys four years ago, your candidate for president, if it's Biden, is a bumbling old man. He was already a shadow of his former self back then. And we we were saying back then, if he makes it another four years, he's just gonna be four years older and four years bumblier. They went with him anyway. Okay, this is who they put their money on. So they made this bed. They can lie in it. I think, I think they're stuck with him. I think there's only one person. Who could make Joe Biden bow out of the race, and that is Joe Biden. <laughs> this is a man with a, he's got an ego out of control. You know, you're you're not going to see him put party or put country over his legacy. He's not going to want the shame of dropping out. 
just be, you know, because then everyone's going to say for, for the rest of his life and after his life, they're just going to say, oh, he dropped out because he knew he wasn't going to win. So he's not going to deal with that shame. He wasn't a strong candidate last year. I mean, sorry, last time around in the last in the last um, campaign cycle, he wasn't a strong candidate. He campaigned from his basement. His only hope was in the fact that Trump was his opponent. And Trump just made this story all about him instead of making it about Biden and what Biden would do. Trump was willing to let the spotlight all, you know, soak it all in for himself, make it all about him. And that's what helped Biden. I think that's what they're counting on for the next time around, too. So unless unless our president has a stroke or falls and he can't get up, I think they're stuck with him. I think he's their guy. And hey, I'm not saying I know the future. Nobody knows the future. See, when I say he's their guy. He could drop dead of a heart attack in the next five minutes. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Okay, we're talking about guys in their 80s here. This is a this is a high stress job. And so something like that could happen. I wouldn't be shocked at all. And the way the polls look right now, if all things stay the same, it looks like it would be Biden versus Trump next year. If you were someone who's just gonna go out and predict the future, that would be what looks like smart money. Yet that's not what I'm gonna predict. Because if I've learned one thing the past few years, Things do not stay the same. If it's really Biden versus Trump round two, that would actually surprise me more than if something else came up that changed everything. So we're going to get into some more stupid news right after this. Um, Hey, let's pause here for a woke news brief uh, from one of my friends, Daniel Moore, with the Connecting the Gap podcast. And we're going to let him step in right here and provide what's called a woke news brief for you all. Vito Perone got fired for being nice. Mr. Perone had been hired to be the next superintendent in East Hampton, Massachusetts. He really was made for the job, a former high school principal in the district there and a football coach. But Mr. Perone was given the heave-ho for a letter he wrote to the chairperson of the school board and the executive assistant to the school committee, both women. He did the unforbiddable and addressed them as ladies in his greeting. That was the unforgivable crime. Shortly thereafter, the job offer had been withdrawn. Honestly, I am truly, truly disappointed that I won't be in East Hampton in that building, he said. I'm just sad. The Hampshire Daily Gazette reports that both women considered the term ladies to be derogatory and the fact that he did not know that as an educator that was a problem. Mr. Perone was also reprimanded for using ladies as a form of microaggression. I was shocked, he told the newspaper. I grew up in a time when ladies and gentlemen was a sign of respect. I didn't intend to insult anyone. Local residents were just as outraged. I can't believe how ridiculous this is. Rescinding an offer for calling them ladies? Microaggression? This is totally nuts. Where have we gone as a society? Things just keep getting more ridiculous, one local resident wrote online. What a petty reason to rescind the offer to Dr. Perone. This is sad and pathetic. As a woman, I can't imagine being offended by someone referring to me as a lady. That has always been a respectful title. I'm embarrassed for East Hampton, another wrote on Facebook. Maybe it's all for the best. That school board is definitely infected with woke snowflakes. The only good thing to come out of this is that now we can conclusively declare those East Hampton school board broads are definitely not ladies. (laughs) 
So thank you to Daniel of WNB News for that woke news brief. Daniel is a that uh, he has a podcast called Connecting the Gap, and you really want to check that out. His latest episode was just a, it was actually a bunch of woke news briefs. And then if you look at the episodes before that, I, I was able to be a guest star on his show for a couple episodes. We talked about some different issues. It is more um, Christian themed things than news themed things, but there's a lot of news stuff in there as well. So, hey, if you want to hear a little bit more from me, go check that out. That is the Connecting the Gap podcast by Daniel Moore. And then he's also got a lot of episodes of just talking about the news and giving some fun little quips and stuff there, too, as he talks about it. So that makes it a lot of fun. All right. And hey, thank you for tuning in. If you're not subscribed, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast. Leave a positive review or a like or whatever it is um, before you go, because that would really help us in the rankings and all that. If you appreciate this news, you know, then or, or this commentary on the news, I guess, then go ahead and do that. And, and I'll mention one thing here, too. If you want to send me some hate mail, you can send it to fierybutpeaceful at gmail.com. And that's how, that's how I'll get. If you want to send any correspondence to me through that, um, send me some fake news if you want to hear me comment on something. And uh, if you want to stay along, if you want to tune in on Twitter, Fake News Luke is my handle, at Fake News Luke. And that's where I get a lot of the news that I talk about on here. And Twitter's just been a whole lot of fun the past few months. Ever since Elon Musk took over, it is better than ever. So. Make sure you check it out. I've also got another podcast called Cross References. It's um, not so much about news or current events. It's a Bible study podcast. It's what I consider my main podcast. And I put a lot more effort into that one than this one, to be quite honest. I don't only do this one every few months or every few weeks. But um, I, the Cross References, I have at least one episode a week. So if you want to hear some Bible study, where I also talk about news on there too sometimes. But come check that out. See if there's any topics that interest you over there. Okay, one thing I want to address before we go is that uh, the past couple of days, Blaze Media has been doing their, I think it's called the Faith and Liberty Summit, and it's where they invited out a bunch of the Republican candidates for president, and they interviewed them. They got a big get for the interviewer. Tucker Carlson interviewed all these guys, totally, you know, kind of ran them, th- ran them through the ringer, asked them some tough questions, you know, and, and really stuck it to them. So kudos to him. Uh, so they got Tucker Carlson to come out and host their Faith and Liberty Summit. And so they invited all the Republican candidates. They talked to Vivek Womaswamy, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley. I think they got Asa Hutchinson out there as well. Um, They invited Donald Trump. Donald Trump did not go because he didn't want to get grilled by Tucker Carlson. He's too cowardly to go out there and answer questions about his record and talk about his plans for the future. He doesn't want to talk about that stuff. He only wants to talk to... (laughs) He wants to talk to liberal reporters who aren't going to ask him tough questions about the vaccine or his handling of the of the COVID-19 pandemic because um, they want more that, that it was more liberal. That, you know, it, despite what they were saying at the time he was president, he had probably, I guess, what you'd call a much more liberal policy when it came to to vaccines and when it came to lockdowns and all that stuff and giving the country over to Fauci. Donald Trump doesn't want to talk about that. He's too afraid. So he did not go to this Faith and Liberty Summit to answer questions about his record. And he's going to try to skip the debates too. Just wait and see. He's going to try to not even go to the debates because he doesn't want anyone holding his feet to the fire on that stuff. So, hey, good kudos to the rest of those guys for at least showing up. Mike Pence was, was on the stand today and he was asked why he was talking about, um, and I didn't hear the whole conversation. So I don't know. I, I, I don't even know when it gets into this, like where, how far into the conversation, what he had said right before this clip. but. Mike Pence was asked why he was talking about the Ukraine and Russia war 
instead of talking about the issues that Americans are facing. And so the clip that's been going around all day long is just this one little snippet. Let me play that for you. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. So it sounds right there in that little snippet that Pence is saying he doesn't care about Americans and that they just aren't his concern. And so the right wing media apparatus all day long, these guys who are trying to push Trump right now, they are just giddy over this. They've been trying to destroy Mike Pence ever since January 6th of 2021 when they all decided that, you know, Trump declares that Pence has this unilateral authority to to stop the election and not send the electors to Congress and not elect Joe Biden. Donald Trump just pretends that the vice president has the authority to do this. And for some reason, half the Republicans in America have decided to just agree with that, that ridiculous notion. <laughs> they just decided to jump on board with this idea. So now it's like, I think I saw it literally about one third of Republicans have an unfavorable opinion of Mike Pence. Absolutely ludicrous. This was a man who, up until that day, Republicans loved this guy. And just because of his actions that day of not of just going along and certifying the election when he had no constitutional authority not to, <laughs> they've just decided, oh, he betrayed Trump by doing his constitutional duty. Trump's job was to go into court and prove that there was fraud. And Trump did not do that. Whether you think there was fraud or not, Trump did not prove fraud in the 2020 election. So January 6th comes along and he tries to pass the buck and say this is all Pence's fault. Ever since then, it seems like a lot of Republicans have had it out for Pence as if he did something this as if he did this terrible thing. And so then you fast forward to today and they're just downright giddy saying that he has destroyed his career now, that he's destroyed his whole reputation because he said on camera that the problems that Americans are facing are not his concern. So I want you to just use your brain for about five seconds here. Do you think that Mike Pence actually doesn't care about the issues facing everyday Americans? Do you think, or let me say this, do you think somebody running for president would say something like that out loud? Would somebody actually be stupid enough to sit up on stage and declare that he doesn't care about Americans while running to be president of Americans? Do you think that's what happened? Because that, that would be the stupidest interpretation of his words that you could possibly come to. So let's do a little more than what a lot of these right-wingers on Twitter today are telling you Mike Pence said and playing that small little snippet of the clip. How about we just open it up a little bit and listen to the full remarks, listen in context, and then perhaps Mike Pence's comment might make a little bit more sense. I know you're running for president. You are, distra you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. Okay. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. Right. And yet... Your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. 
I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. So when Pence said, that's not my concern, he wasn't talking about America. He was talking about Tucker's previous statement, where Tucker said, your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't even find on a map who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Okay, And then that's what caused Pence to say, that's not my concern. He wasn't talking about Americans. He wasn't saying, I'm not concerned about Americans. Why would Pence say that? He's running for president of the Americans. <laughs> why, would, why would he say something like that? Obviously, when he said, that's not my concern, he wasn't talking about Americans' issues. He was saying the Ukrainian, what's going on in Ukraine, he's saying, that's not my concern. Okay? That is what he was talking about. Tucker's question from before, his previous statement, your concern is about the Ukrainians not getting enough tanks. And so Pence said, that's not my concern. He was referring to the Ukrainian thing, not the Americans thing. Now, listen, this freak out on Twitter today from a bunch of Republicans saying that Mike Pence needs to drop out. His career is over. That's just stupid. Why would he why should he drop out over saying something that <laughs> just saying that he was not concerned about Ukraine? I'm concerned about Americans. Why should he drop, drop out for saying that? They're just trying to twist his words and make it sound like he would, because they take a small little snippet, they take it out of context, and they try, it's fake news, guys, they try to make it sound like he was saying the opposite of what he actually said. Hey, you can think Pence was lying if you want. You can think he cares too much about Ukraine. You can think he doesn't really care about America. You can think whatever you want about Pence. But he did not say that he doesn't care about Americans. That would be the dumbest possible interpretation of what he said. And a lot of Republicans are choosing to be dumb today. And I don't want my listeners to be dumb. So listen, hey, let me, let me say where I'm coming from on this. Am I a Mike Pence fanboy? I wouldn't say so. I'm not planning to vote for him in the primaries. I mean, I like the guy. If he's in the general, I'd vote for him in a heartbeat. I think he's a good man. He's not my guy in the primary. I would prefer that he drop out of the race. I don't want it. <laughs> I actually don't really want him to run for president for next year. I would like it if he dropped out, but I don't want it to be over something dumb like this because this is a lie, okay? He should not drop out over this. That would be dumb, and I don't want him to be dumb, and I don't want you to be dumb. So listen, guys, don't believe fake news. Whether that's the fake news on the right or the fake news on the left, fake news just makes you dumb. Be smart. And thanks for listening today. This has been Luke Taylor. And don't forget, if you hear that Putin might actually win this war in Iraq, that's just fake news. 